We're actually taking a new uh, track of meditations and a few months ago, actually September, towards the end of September, um, I went to a retreat where a place where I could be uh, encouraged in my spiritual walk with the, with the Lord among other preachers and men who were being discipled at this retreat. And one of the things that we are challenged with is this idea of meditation. And now, I, as I've been going through these daily exhortations, um, you may have read many of these same passages and never thought about how these things applied to your life or even spent the time to think about um, some of the things that we've talked about and that we've brought up. And these, these daily exhortations are the result of meditation in my life. And I have a burden that people learn how to meditate on what the scriptures say. And so in, in this time of uh, this retreat that I went to, I started shifting over to the book of Romans for my meditations. Part of that is because once I finish Acts and Sunday mornings, my goal is to move on to the book of Romans. But I was challenged before getting in, preaching through the book of Romans to read it through 50 times. Okay, so that means I've got to do a lot of legwork, just meditating, processing, thinking through the book of Romans before I get up and preach even one sermon. And so I've spent all of my days the past couple months meditating in this book. And then on the weekends, I try to read through the entire book all in one, one sitting um, just to get the broad picture of the book of Romans. There is a lot of in-depth truth in it. But I want to use one of these passages in Romans 1, first of all, to start off with talking about meditation. How do you meditate on a passage? You've heard the, you heard the saying before that you can uh, give a man a fish and he's fed for one day, or you can teach a man to fish and he'll be fed for the rest of his life, Right? Well, I want to feed you spiritually, but I also want to teach you how to feed yourself. Okay, ultimately, I can't make you eat, and I can, and you need to be able to walk with the Lord on your own as well. These daily exhortations should be supplemental to your own walk with Him. But here's one one aspect on how to meditate on Scripture that I think if you do this will change the way you look at your at your Bible reading and your your meditation for your devotions. The the first recommendation I would give for meditation is to ask questions of the text. I'm going to model that and we're going to dwell on a passage here in Romans chapter 1 and show you how you can do that in this text. Okay, but let's read. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets and the holy scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are many different things you could meditate on this passage. We could talk about who Paul was. 
Um, and that could be an encouragement for us to strive towards, but there are some things that Paul was that will never be like an apostle, right? Um, but also in this text, you could meditate on the person of Jesus Christ and who he is, and that would be an uplifting and a great meditation. But I chose in this meditation to focus on verses 6 through 7 and to, and to meditate on who we are in this passage. And so here, here are the questions that I asked of myself. I just sat down, read verses 6 and 7, and I, and I wrote down as many questions as I could come up with about these verses. And so the first question I asked was this, who are we in Christ? Who are we in Christ? And that's where we're going to spend most of our meditation on today. The second question I asked is, where were these believers and what kind of a culture was this? Okay, because that's going to influence why Paul says these things about them. Also, you see in verse 7, he says, to all that be in Rome. So how does that apply to what he's talking about? I also asked this question, how much does God love us, right? It says we are beloved of God. How much does he love us? Then it says we are called. What does it mean to be called and what am I called to? What do I receive? And in this text, it's grace and peace. And then from whom do I receive it? Okay, I receive it from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. But you just take each one of those questions. And with that, you can take one single verse for your devotions, and you can meditate on it. And to be honest, you, I challenge you to try this. You could probably end up spending just a half hour on one single verse. I think there is so much that we miss in our Bible reading because we do not slow down. We are in too much of a hurry to get through too much of it. So let, we're going to take the first question. Who are we in Christ? This is dealing with our identity and the description I talked about our society and how it is in an identity crisis. We don't know who we are as a people anymore. We've drifted from our foundation, from our mooring. And people, they, they struggle through life and they, they're struggling with this idea of identity because they haven't found their identity in something solid. They've tried to define who they are in their job. Okay, well, your job could end tomorrow. And who are you going to be after that? Or they try to find their identity in their relationships with their kids, with their wife. All those things can change too. Your wife could leave you. Your kids could hate you. And, and after that, who are you? After all that's stripped away, they try to find their identity in their accomplishments, whether it's uh, uh, awards that they've received or succeeding at work or uh, video games and, and being good at, good at accomplishing them and, and fulfilling missions and those things. But those are fleeting objects of our identity and they are insecure. They are shifting sand. And if you base your security, your emotional security and your identity in those things, you will fall. It will, it will, it will let you down. Other men will let you down. Your achievements will let you down. Um, anything else that is that is in this world is, is shifting. It is going to let you down. So we need to find our identity in Christ because Christ is the only solid rock that we can depend on. He is the only unchangeable thing. Everything else is changeable because it is a created thing. But God is the unchanging, immortal, invisible, unchanging God. We call that the immutability of God. 
So he is the solid rock that we need to build our identity on. And in this text, we are given something, we are told some things about us that are based in who we are in Jesus Christ. It is because of Jesus Christ that we are these things, not because of my good merits or anything else, but because of him. And verse 6 says, Among whom are ye also called of Jesus Christ. Called of Jesus Christ. We are called of him. And we are, and, and, and this, whenever we see this terminology, it's oftentimes related to this idea of election. And I've challenged people to meditate on why is it that being chosen is so important? You know, feel, think about uh, um, the kids who line up to play basketball and they got two captains and somebody's picking each, each person on each team. This idea of being called or elected means that God chose, chose me. Now, we could go into, and the book of Romans does go into this concept of what does that mean? What am I chosen to? Who am I chosen by? And, uh, and what does this mean? And we're not going to delve into that as much today because the text doesn't go there. But this idea that God wanted me, that is, that is key. To be chosen to be on his team is to be wanted. But I'm wanted because of Jesus Christ. I'm, and I'm called by Jesus Christ. So I'm wanted. But then in, also, in verse 7 it says, I am beloved. I am beloved here. I am loved by God. That's another theme that Paul's going to trace in the book of Romans is that I am loved by him. I don't deserve that love. When I was an enemy of God, God loved me. It's because, because he loved me even when I was an enemy, I should be able to rest secure in that. Because in, I know that it has nothing to do with whether I deserve it or not. God still loves me even when I fail, even when I mess up. Then I'm called to be saints. This idea of, of saints here is being set apart. I am distinct. I'm, I'm different from the world. I am special to God. I'm called to be a saint. And I have grace and peace in Jesus Christ. The world lacks all that, that the grace and they lack peace in their lives. Um, part of my meditation here, I wrote a, wrote a poem called Grace Alone. Maybe someday I'll read that to you, but not today. But here, here's my challenge for you, okay? My exhortation. Do not find your emotional security, your identity, your sense of worth and value in anything else other than Jesus Christ, because those things will let you down. Those things will fail you. Spend some time today meditating on who you are in Jesus Christ. You are wanted, you are loved, and you are special to God, not because of you, not because of the things you've done, but because of Jesus Christ. So that should turn us to worship him and to thank and to praise him for the, for the love that he has shown to us. Have a great day. God bless.